Dan, it's that time of year. It's March. You know what that means. Oh, no, it's not March. What what month is it? I don't, I don't know, know if it is. Time to get spooky. <laughs> time to get spooky. And I feel like there's no, no, no better movie to get spooky with than uh, Get Out. But before we even get there, this is required watching where we watch the essential movies from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. Trey Epps. I'm Danny Dabber. Dan, that was the first time I, I did that opening without the script. <laughs> so <laughs> yay me. And it's been a while since we've recorded. So yay me. Listen, we're talking about 2017's Get Out. This is written and directed by Jordan Peele. Starring Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, what's her face, Catherine Keener, Lakeith Stanfield's in this, and Lil Rod, Lil Rel, not Lil Rod, Rod is his character's name, Lil Rel, Lil Rel Howery. I have a problem with Lil Rel. Can I start start off with a negative almost immediately? So I I think a lot of actors get stuck in like the thing that they do. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of actors that we can talk about and you're like, they, like they're just doing the same thing like they're not re- like really acting and i think for some people that's absolutely true and for some people it's not i think lil rel was so good in this performance which i think which i read is him mostly improvising anytime i see him in a film it's it's him doing this like it's him being him loud black and like being funny and it, it upsets me. It, it, it upsets me so much because I think he I think he's actually better than that. He does it well though. Have he, he does do it well. He does do it well. <laughs> but I, I think I think we'll see some turns from him the same way we saw like turns from in a different way, turns from like Kevin Hart, who's like but Kevin Hart's another one who just has a, a thing that he does and he'll yeah, always do it. Short, and it's great. Short and funny rather than loud. Short, exactly. <laughs> And we we all we all like it we all like it but but whatever uh, so we, have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah so like Lil Rel had three lines in that movie <laughs> but I was like I'm, I'm with it like I'm, I'm okay with this I, I mess around with this it's funny that you uh, said that movie because the other two guys fantastic performances in both in both movies so we're, we're not even talking about the film yet but <laughs> but. Do you think, okay, so I, I wanted to bring this up. I was going to look something up because I feel like Lil Rel and uh, What's-His-Face are in something else together. The problem, watching this movie back, I thought all of these people have worked together on multiple projects now. Like everyone's worked together. Like Keith and, and Daniel are, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. Lil Rel was in that. What's really sad is that there's a, uh, like what I feel like is a handful of black actors specifically that just like, I think are forced to work together. It's like, I think that'd be a terrible way of, of describing it, but I just feel like there are like, in, like there are just pockets of this, right? Like, like if, if there's a black, if there's a quote unquote black movie, you know, the faces, you know, you're like, naturally they pick this person. Naturally this person's a mess. That's especially true for British black actors. Because it sure. seems like there's five of them, and they're just like, all right, they'll just put them in that movie too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, I, th- I think it's a true. On one hand, I'm like, I fucking love this. I love seeing all these familiar faces on screen at the same time. On another hand, I'm like, damn, we ain't got nobody else. 
Like, nobody <laughs> else. It's got to be someone else. I'm here. I'm available. And yet, <clears throat> anyone else? But I, I, like, there's been. I can't remember the particular article that I read earlier this week. But there was just some news of, oh, that show One Day at a Time. No, no, Kim's Kim's Convenience is a Korean oh, yeah, yeah. family show, like work, workplace family show sitcom thing. Mm-hmm. And I clearly have never seen it in my life. And I thought, what a shame, because they're canceling it. Uh, what a shame that this like group of Korean actors aren't like just can no longer be found on screen. I don't know how many. All right, I've never seen this. I've never seen the show. How many Korean actors? And that aren't from Minari, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> how many, how many like Puerto Rican, Mexican, how, like, how, how many like minority actors? Like, I just feel like we have a handful, like, like every minority has like a handful of actors that just mm-hmm. continually just get like reused in this Hollywood cycle. And it's a shame. Like, who do we like right now? Like, not, not Lil Rel. What's his, what's his homeboy's name? Gerard Carmichael. There we go. Oh, Gerard Carmichael. Fantastic. He's fantastic. Where is he? And I know, actually, I know the answer to this. And the answer is he directed his first movie, I believe. And I think it got sold at some of the, one of the festivals. And but what upsets me about about like Gerard, right, is that like he has to create every opportunity. He has Gerard Carmichael show. Then he had like he obviously does stand up. Like now he's directing. Like he has to sit there and like make his own shit. And I don't think that people give him opportunity to do the things that he wants to do. Definitely in like the underdog position like DIY just get it right. out there but how, how many opportunities how many opportunities have we seen of like I don't know white folks like random ass white folks who do like this random one thing and then like we just see them forever that isn't good and they're like oh we'll give them another chance yeah 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 anyways I don't see and I, I jokingly make that transition because this is her first film this is her first film I don't know if I think she's a good actress just to be clear yeah, I can't. She's good in this role. I think she's great in this role. And I, I watched... I, say again? I didn't realize she was in Girls. Did, did, it, I, I would imagine that means you never watched Girls. No, that's why I've never realized. <laughs> so I, I watched all pain, all the painful seasons of Girls. And yeah, I mean, that's really all I got to say about it. I, like, I watched Girls and that's where I know her from. Girls is annoying and another... Another another example how like Lena Dunham, who I actually think is really smart and clever, I I, I think she like think the there's a bit of that show's lifetime that just got really sour and awful, and she's producing and creating more stuff, and that's fantastic for her. But shall we finally talk about the movie? I'm, I just feel like I'm starting to his own girls. Give him his own girls. I feel like I spent ten whole minutes bitching about this show. I'm I'm sorry, Dan, bitching about this movie. Get Out, if you haven't seen it, guys, is about a young African-American who visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend, where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. Now, Dan, I picked this movie because I haven't seen I didn't seen it in a long time. Like, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm positive I've only seen this movie one time, and that's when I was in the theater to watch it. And much like... Much like me not wanting to watch things because of the hype, when I watch something that I think is damn near perfect, I don't want to revisit it because I feel like when I revisit it, I'll end up losing like some of the luster for it. And I want to treasure that memory in my mind for as long as I possibly can. I saw the movie 
twice in theaters only because the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, there's a lot of stuff I feel like I didn't pick up. So I saw it again the next week and then I was like, all right, I think I got everything. I'm not going to watch this movie for a while because I don't want to ruin it. Now, we talked about this. If I could see it a third time, I would. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a perfect. That was perfect, Dan. Dan, I miss you. I miss you so much. So tell me about your first movie going experience because we talked about it a bit off, off recording. All right. So I forget if it was the first or second time, <laughs> but it was within the first like couple weeks that the movie had come out. I think it was the second time, actually, because I went, it was like a little movie date with my sister. We got some, we got some Indian food. It was running very late. So we're like, you know what? Let's eat. I'm going to go get the tickets. I'll meet you at the theater. And we took the food to go. (laughs) Now we were talking about how we grew up bringing our own snacks to movies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, save that money. I didn't realize how. Indian food would do in a sold out theater. And just just to make this completely clear, was this a sold out black movie theater? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how did I go for you then? Well, I, we like had our appetizer snacks and then I was like, oh, do you want to open up the food? And I cracked open the, the core container and immediately threw it under my seat. It was the worst decision I've ever oh made. <laughs> so you weren't ballsy enough to continue with it. You were like, nope, that wasn't me. God, no. I, we looked at each other and we were both just like, nope, <laughs> nope, not happening. I imagine there was a bit of you that was like, I can't wait for this movie to be over so I can just eat, so I can just eat, get into this Indian food. Oh yeah, I can, I can feel a bag just warm in my feet. Oh, that's, that makes me so sad. There's nothing worse than being in a movie that you're actually enjoying, but like wishing, or even like not enjoying, and then wishing oh. for it to be over so you can just eat food. I mean, we also had snacks, so I wasn't, Oh, you were I, I didn't starve. <laughs> but Indian food was just not enough. You went ahead and got some snacks. I have to bring snacks. That's hilarious. So I had a very, I had an interesting uh, movie going experience as well. I went with Victoria, who's English and white, and because of the the, the movie, like okay, we so we went in New York at it must have been like seventy something Street. So like the next express train was like one twenty fifth. So anyone in like mm-hmm. Harlem or the Bronx who were like properly going to come into Manhattan, where like that was their theater, their most their closest theater. And I remember the movie ending, and I'm wearing like this J Crew sweater, and I'm like, guys, help! Help, help me. I, I didn't, I didn't. I'm pretty sure I've not embarrassed my now wife. She decided to marry me. I've been, I thought it was hilarious. I listen, I watching this movie, watching this movie. I, again, I held it to such a high, a high regard and I still do. I, I definitely still do. And I can't help, but look at like watch this for me a second time years later and see all of the work that was put into this film to make sense. Mm-hmm. And to make an impact and to it, like people say it's a scary movie. And I'm like, it's, it's not, it's not like, it's not scary whatsoever, but it is, it speaks about the social climate, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, yo, there's some things that get your, that gets your heart pumping for not for no reason, but like just so subtly get your heart pumping. And there was like, what, two jump scares. I think the first one is like the deer. And then like maybe when he's running through the house, trying to like leave or something like that. Yeah, there's not really any, like, scary, scary moments. I think that's, I mean, I always say, like, the movies, the scary movies that are, like, not fantastical or, like, otherworldly are even worse. Because then you're like, oh, shit, this could 
this could actually happen. It's going to happen. I mean, yeah, it does happen. But that's what makes it so scary is that he like builds this out where everything, everything in the story checks out. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm, he explains every backstory about the family and like the generational how they got to here such a, it's I, I like watch it again and when he's sitting in the chair i think his name is chris when chris is sitting in the chair the chair and like the video comes on and the blind guy is like this is what's like this is what's happening it didn't feel mm-hmm. what's different from that than like I don't know. I, I don't. I, I watched Austin Powers recently, but like you know, like a like a proper like super villain explaining their bad plan to you. Is it like yeah? What what this was actually doing was coloring coloring in all of those lines of like not only like as Chris, we don't know what's going on, but we're we're picking up on things. We're we're, we're we mm-hmm. again we are Chris, and we're we're like this is making us uneasy. This is seems suspicious. There's a lot of things going on to question. And to have this blind guy explain to us what was going on, and then for us to finally understand, oh, those two other black people here are the grandparents, and all like just looking at like offhanded comments, they're like, hmm, that made me a little uncomfortable when they said that. Yeah, like when the guy's like, oh, what does the guy say? He's like, blacks in fashion now. Bla- and you're like, oh, that's, black is always in fashion. That's weird. Uh- <laughs> but it's also something that true. It's something that like a. Uh, an old white uncle would say yeah, yeah, yeah. in an awkward situation yeah, yeah. like that. And you're like, Oh, too, like you don't want to fault him too hard, but it's also like, Oh, that's not cool to say. Yeah. But then just contextualizing it an hour later in the movie and being like, Oh, that's what right. Means. Right. No, no. So, so, There's true. so many of those little offhanded remarks that you're like, is that something? Oh, oh that that's something. something. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's the joy of watching this for the first time is that when you put it really putting the pieces together, you're like, Oh, everything makes sense everything makes sense um because when i was watching it and they were like they were going to the party and blah blah i was like yo i've i've been this black guy before i like where you know you just feel like everyone's staring at you you feel like everyone's saying like inappropriate things and you you know you throw it away or whatever whatever else is i am positive if there were i i feel so positive about this especially after trump or during trump is if there were trading cards of black people with stats people would buy them if like i feel like if there were nfts of like just like i don't know brawny black dudes it, like this like whole this whole like, ass, this, one's a- this, this whole ass category is about like on like porn sites about like what what is it like being a black bull or what, like whatever nonsense that is like there's like whole ass like fantasies about being other people's mm-hmm. like not only being other people's cultures, but being other people's skin because being white mm-hmm. is just too boring for them. Is that how you feel, Dan? Just too too bored being white? It's so boring. Yeah. I have no culture, okay? <laughs> Taking that, that perfect credit score around town, not knowing what to buy. What's a good credit score good for if I can't even, <laughs> can't even use it? <laughs> if I can't even be cool on top of it. <laughs> What's the point of me being the CEO of five different companies if I just can't say the N-word? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going far too... Yeah, I, listen, I, I want to talk about one of my favorite instances in the movie, or most interesting, maybe not my favorite, most interesting instances in the movie. It's two. There's one when he's like, when he's trying to get out the house and he's yelling at Allison Williams and he's like, you know, like, get the keys. And she's like, I ain't got the keys. Mm-hmm. And like, it just like ramps that up. Shift, that shift happens. That shift is brutal. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I chills in my, in my blood. <laughs> 
it's, it's yeah it's it's super upsetting and i think the other the other interesting one for me was the end and only because like, i always knew there was an alternate ending but i've never seen it and i still haven't seen it have you seen it i saw it recently like a couple months ago it's like on on youtube or something that's interesting it's got, why don't you explain what the alternate ending is I'm, do you remember much happier with the real ending yeah yeah yeah. but the alternate ending it's when chris is running down the driveway and the cop car pulls up it's actual cops and not little rel right and they believe allison and he goes to jail for killing everyone in the house and it's insane and but it's insane because and if you saw this in theaters you had the same reaction when that cop car pulls up everyone goes Ah, oh, fuck. Yep. Because you yep, know yep. how it's going to end. And it's The little rail ending is much better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking at it now, and <laughs> there's nothing more tragic than seeing that there was a cut that Daniel Kalua is in jail. Chris is in yeah. jail. It, it, I mean, it's obviously the more realistic ending, unfortunately. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But... The, which is why the little rel ending is much more fulfilling and like, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, look, let's be honest. Like, there are repercussions to this ending. Like, he murdered. Well, to be clear, well, he, he did strangle Alice Williams, but yeah, what is what two or three people, four people? Mm-hmm. It was a dad, the mom, whatever else. So he, he he murdered a good handful of people. His hand, his fingerprints are everywhere. I think the reality is, who's going to believe? <sighs> Like, unless you're in the know, unless this is a national thing of, like, like some sort of secret society where, like, only white people around America know about it. There's going to be a lot of questions mm-hmm. about what in the world has happened. And I feel, I feel so in doubt about, like, him being able to get free and live a normal life after this. Because also everything else that Jordan Peele creates in this world is pretty realistic. Right. Except for, like, you know, the overarching yeah. story. yeah. yeah. Which makes it like, all right, well, where does the fantasy end? Like that, that could have been the ending that he released originally. And I don't think, I don't, I don't think people would have liked it, but I think no one would have found fault with it. Right, 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 right. And it's, it, 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 it's interesting because I, I read that Jordan Peele was like, this, this needed a much happier ending. And I thought about mm-hmm. it and I was like, I'm not even sure if I think of it as a, as a happier ending. I actually look at it a bit. And even, yeah, even that, it's not like. <laughs> It's quite quite sad, isn't oh, it? Happy right. Because how do you live with that? How do you live with again? Who is this happening all over the country, all over the world? Is this just them? Yeah. Also, just knowing that that exists, how do you yeah deal with that after? Do you go get your homie, Lakeith? <laughs> what happens? Yeah. So there's something really interesting about that for me in terms of just like straight up repercussion of of. Like just consequences and i think like that that it's not a, it wouldn't have been a good movie to see that happen but i think it would be interesting to know what he was thinking and how this kind of played out because jordan has always been on on record of saying like i'm not opposed to doing a sequel to get out i'm just not going to do it for like a cash grab or not going to do it for whatever else yeah. and what he he's filming now isn't like daniel colo isn't like the exact same cast in in his new movie is it? No, it's not. It's not the same cast, but it's it's just black people. You would know who um who made those comments about Lakeith always playing uh same type of character. Was it Charlemagne? I don't know. Someone accused Keith Lakeith of always playing like a like a 
backstabber type of character. Oh, I have no idea about this. <clears throat> I think he used other terms. Uncle Tom is what is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Uncle Tom character. You can say you can say hey, who said this? Was like, I think it was Charlemagne or some personality like that. Okay, I'm trying to look what's up. Go on. But it's I mean, there's a couple roles like that, yeah. Jews in the Black Messiah, his character in Get Out. But it's also like both those roles are like both those performances are fantastic. Now, I'm just trying to find a quote here from Charlemagne. I, I, yeah, I, I don't have the time to to probably look it up, but yeah, it seems like that's exactly what's happening. I, so I, I, I love the Keith. I love the Keith. I love the Keith since we were talking about Short Term Twelve, which is a movie that will be coming up on the podcast soon. I loved him since that. His very first entry to to film and i find it hard to not think of him as a very diverse actor and someone who can really like reach beyond limits i i i think one thing that does show within all of his character all the all of his characters are his like his charisma and i think he's a very charismatic person but that's the same thing mm-hmm. as saying like ryan gosling is a, is a bad actor and i'm sure people think that but i you know but i think but I think Ryan Gosling has a charisma, just like the same way Will Smith has a charisma that is, that you like, is them, is them that they don't mm-hmm. exactly hide. But if you look at Atlanta and then you look at this and then you look at uh, Short Term 12 or uh, you know, Judas. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a movie that, that is not represented uh, nearly enough in terms of like what it did mm-hmm. for, for cinema. And Lakeith. So, yeah, like, yeah, I think that's a trash. I think that's a trash comment. And I think sometimes, I think, I do think sometimes Charlemagne is, as the kids would say, comes out of pocket. Just like, it's just like the most random shit sometimes. And I'm like, relax. So, Kiki Palmer is in Jordan Peele's next movie, Daniel Kaluuya is in his next movie. And all I want is for Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya to continue to work together forever. Is that, is that too much to ask? Or, or like Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya to work together forever. Is that too much? Yeah, honestly, seeing them in, Choosing the Black Messiah, their performances were so good. I didn't even, until after the movie was over, I didn't even like, oh, wait, they were in Get Out together. But but there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. I stand by if Adam Sandler oh, can no, like no, no. get with the homies for every movie. And look, if Will Ferrell and John C. Riley could do what they did for all those years. I mean, they, have, they do have some. Uh, Why can't we? Yeah. First of all, I need another Will Ferrell and John C. Riley film because. We need stepbrothers with Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. <laughs> and a lot of you, if they did a death at a funeral, like a- adaptation of stepbrothers <laughs> with them too. Black stepbrothers? Black stepbrothers. I fuck with it. Okay. We're, we're running a bit long for a lot of nonsense that I am personally speaking. Did you have anything to add for this? No, I don't think I did. I feel like every time we have what we consider a really good movie, we don't say much about the movie itself. No, all right, all right. So I, I will I will say this about the movie, leading into what I think, and what I think is that it's required. Spoiler alert. I I think this movie is one of the most perfect films that we've had in the 21st century in terms of acting. Mind you, Daniel Kaluuya is English. Mind you, he got this he got this role because he was able to cry with his eyes open five times in a row. 
he, so he did that scene for for Jordan Peele and whomever else was in the room for five times, five times, and he got the role. Audition? Yeah, and he got the role on the spot. Asked for six, he would have lost. Yeah, the exactly. He wouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> we wouldn't know who Daniel Kaluuya is. I mean, listen, and I fuck with Daniel Kaluuya from like back in England days. So whatever. Yeah, I think from I think from the writing and the directing, you have you can't look at Jordan Peele and not think that it's something special and that his talent is there, and that it, all that doesn't flow within this film. I, I I don't know any of like the cast and crew like by name, but like the like the cinematography on this was on point. The music was incredible. I, I think even when you look at us, which people don't hold as such high regard, I think that's fair. I don't, you know, it's not as it's not better than this, and I'm not sure if it's even meant to be comparable. But I think the music, I, I think music lent. I think Jordan Peele is the reason why we do this popular song thing. Slow it down. And then, like, make it all spooky. Make it creepy. Yeah, and make it all spooky. Like, the, like he is the reason why we're doing this. Anyways, this movie's required. I, I I can't defend this movie. I think people are insane if they don't think this movie is just fantastic and a reason to look at it in, in comedy and drama and horror and suspense and be able to take something from it and put it into their film. Yeah, I agree. Especially being his first movie, like, I think the fact that people don't like us as as much just goes to show how good this movie is because it's not like us as bad it's just this movie is so great so good that the bar is set so high yeah between the writing the little easter eggs that he gives you the 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 pace that he just slowly rolls out what's happening just to add to the creepy eerie the eeriness and questioning of what actually is going on or not. Yeah. 100% required as a scary movie, but also as a commentary on society, man, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, this movie is so, so relevant. So, so relevant. I mean, listen, with that said, let's close this bitch out. Listen, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know we like to rant and ramble about some of our favorite films, but it's certainly the podcast. It's certainly a time for us to look at these movies and see if they still hold up and and how in the world we can use it to move forward in, in filmmaking. And hopefully you got something, if not our quote unquote humble opinions about this film. So with that said, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this film, help us support the podcast by sharing it. That's all. Share it. Share it with other people. Like it, rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, holler at us on social media. You can catch the podcast at Required Watch. And you can catch me at, Re- what, what's my name? At Trey Epps on Twitter and Trey.Epps on Instagram. And I am Danny Tavener on everything. Erting, erting. Erting. Listen, with that said, let's, we'll see you next week where we get into, I, I, I don't know what movie we're going to get into next. So, yeah, whatever. Peace out, babies.